0: You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And I am so thankful for that. Worship team, thank you for doing a phenomenal job leading us in celebrating the life that Jesus came to offer the life to the full. And uh, we get to celebrate that this morning. My name is Reese. I'm the lead pastor here. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, we are delighted to have you here this morning. And we just hope that you experience God's love in a very real and tangible way and that you really uh, experience the fact that Jesus is alive. Uh, Throughout the season of Lent, uh, the 40 days leading up to uh, Easter, we as a church have been going through a series called The Mystery of Faith, and it is a, a journey that we've taken through the Apostles' Creed. And this is one of the oldest confessions of the Christian church that outlines most of our fundamental, all of our fundamental values and beliefs and truths of the Christian faith. And it is appropriate today that on this Easter Sunday, that we would conclude uh, this series uh, focusing on the resurrection and everlasting life. I believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. That's how the Apostles' Creed uh, concludes. And at the end of our celebration today, we'll share that together. Uh, but I'm so thankful. I'm so excited that you're here today. We're gonna be talking about what this resurrection life Uh, means for us today that it wasn't just a one-time thing. It is something that is to be ongoing in our hearts and lives. Yeah, Jesus rose from the grave one time, but the resurrection life that he came to bring all of us is something he wants us to participate in every day of our lives. And it's not for an exclusive small group of people. It is for all of humanity. Uh, we had the chance yesterday as a church to go and to share that in practical ways with our neighborhood, just sharing God's love with free groceries and offering prayer. Our, our youth had a chance to do that this past Wednesday night, going out to local area restaurants, praying for servers and, and blessing people. And it's, that's what we're about, uh, loving Jesus, doing his ministry everywhere. And it's about sharing the resurrection life that Jesus rose to, to make available to every one of us. And our hope and our prayer is that each one of us would walk away today with a new sense of of Christ's resurrection in us. Would you pray with me for that? Holy Spirit, we thank you for your manifest presence. You are here, and we thank you for your presence. Jesus, we thank you that you are alive, and we thank you, Jesus, for uh, being willing to come to earth, to take on flesh To endure the suffering, the punishment that was meant for every single one of us and our sinfulness and our brokenness, Lord, you and your perfection and your sinlessness took on our guilt and our shame, and you bore the cross paying our debt of sin, and we thank you for that. We celebrate life in you. Holy Spirit, come. And and do that good work in each one of us today, Lord, wherever we are with you, we pray that you would draw us closer and that you would let your life be even more and more abundant in each one of us as individuals, in marriages, as families, as a church, in our community, across this country, around the world. Lord, let your kingdom come and your perfect and holy will be done, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I want to begin this morning by saying resurrection, it is an event. It is an event. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the most important event that has ever taken place here on this earth. I'm not a historian, but I feel very confident saying that this morning. It is the seminal, pivotal event uh, about uh, which everything else takes second place to. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, the event that has changed human history for all of us. Uh, The resurrection was mission accomplished for Jesus Christ. Uh, He came willingly. God the Father, in His love for lost humanity, sent His perfect only Son, Jesus, to earth to take on flesh, to live a perfect life, but to take on my sin, your sin, the sin of all humanity, death on the cross, Jesus, he bore the punishment of our sin. His death was the only way that relationship with holy God could be restored to sinful humanity. And if you look in John chapter 20, uh, you can find the apostle John's account of the resurrection. Uh, He writes about that first Easter Sunday in in chapter 20. Uh, Mary Magdalene, she goes to the tomb where Jesus' body is. His dead body has been laid, has been buried, and, and she is going, expecting to uh, prepare his body for, for burial, even though Jesus has told her and all the other disciples what was going to happen. They just, they didn't understand. They didn't get it. They didn't hear it. And, and she goes and she finds a tomb with the stone rolled away. And she's like, oh no, someone's taken his body. And then she goes in and she sees nothing. They see nothing but, but strips of cloth, uh, his burial garments. And and she goes, she finds Peter and John, and they come and they examine everything. And then later in John 20, we see where, you know, Mary Magdalene is grief-stricken. And she comes across this man that she thinks is the gardener. She's in a cemetery, I guess. And she thinks he's a gardener. And she realizes that he is Jesus, that he is standing before her, resurrected and fully alive. The resurrection of Jesus, yes, it is a seminal, monumental uh, event that has changed uh, the world for all of us, human history, uh, but it is so much more than that singular event. Just days before Jesus' own death and resurrection, Jesus was faced with the death of a close friend named Lazarus. You've heard of him before. Lazarus was the brother of Mary and Martha. Mary, a different Mary than Mary Magdalene. Uh, the account that we're going to look at this morning and explore what resurrection, what it can look like and should look like in our own hearts and lives, that's found in John 11. So if you've got your Bibles, if you want to turn there, we're going to be looking at John 11 this morning. Um, Lazarus is sick in John 11. At the beginning, we read where he is sick, uh, and Mary and Martha... They know what Jesus can do. They've seen him heal. Uh, they've seen him set people free. And they need him to come and do a miracle for their family that he loves. He loves them. They're good friends. He's, Jesus has been in their home. Uh, and so the sisters sent for Jesus. He's away. He's a few hours away. He's doing ministry there. He's praying and he's doing ministry. Um, uh, but this is what happened in John 11, verse 4. We're going to read just some scattered verses throughout this chapter. I would encourage you uh, at your own time, take some time and go through and read for yourself John 11 to see the full picture here. But when Jesus heard this invitation from Mary and Martha, he said, The sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. And Jesus didn't go. It's like, wow, Jesus, it says here in John that you loved them, but you, you didn't go. Well, Jesus was tuned into the Father. He was doing what the Father was doing. That's how he did his whole ministry here on earth. And that's what he calls us to do as well, not to be swayed and pulled and dictated by the demands of the world around us, the expectations of others but to be tuned in to what the Holy Spirit was doing, what the Father was doing and the Holy Spirit expressing that to him. And and he, he tuned into that and, and he stayed and continued to minister where he was away from Lazarus and Martha and Mary for, for two more days. Well, two days later, Jesus felt that it was time, and he told his disciples that it was time to go to Lazarus. But Jesus' disciples discouraged him from going uh, because he would have to go through an area that just a few days, a few weeks before, they had tried to stone Jesus. So this was not going to be a quote-unquote safe place for Jesus to travel through. And Jesus answered them this way, Are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime Will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. What is he saying here? He's saying, I'm the light. When you walk with me, even when you walk in dangerous places, when you're walking with me, everything's gonna be all right. Everything is gonna be okay. After he had said this, he went on to tell his disciples, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. And I love this interchange with the disciples. You ever feel spiritually slow? (laughs) You You ever felt that way? Like, God, you're saying this, and I'm thinking this other thing completely well, that's what's happening with the disciples here because Jesus is saying, oh, he, uh, he, he's not asleep. I'm going to go and wake. He's, he's fallen asleep. I'm going to go wake him up. Uh, his disciples replied, well, Lord, if he's asleep, he will get better. He needs his rest, right? That'll make him feel better. But Jesus, of course, had been speaking of Lazarus' death, but the disciples thought that he meant natural sleep. I, I, I take a lot of comfort in that. I don't know about you because I sometimes miss the things uh, that the Lord is trying to tell me. So then, thankfully, I love this line in verse 14. So then Jesus told them plainly. I need that. I need the Holy Spirit to speak plainly to me about matters from time to time. And this is what he said, guys, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe, but now let us go to him. And I got to say, you know, I, I am so thankful that having faith in Jesus Christ does not call us to live a life in denial or to, to, to live apart from reality. He's saying, okay, we got a problem here. Lazarus is dead and we're going to go and we're going to invite God's kingdom to come. Uh, and later in the gospel of John, John uh, Jesus tells his disciples, he says, things are going to get rough in this world. You're going to have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. I've overcome the world looking to what was going to be accomplished on the day that we're celebrating today, Resurrection Sunday. And so uh, by the time Jesus got to Martha and Mary, Lazarus had was in fact dead. He had actually been in the tomb, uh, John tells us, for four days. Uh, when Jesus arrives, Martha comes to Jesus and she says this. Amber Alert. Yes. (laughs) Martha says this Lord, if you had been here, if you had been here, how many times have we said that? If you had been here, my brother would not have died, my marriage would not have ended, my this would not have happened, my that would not have occurred. If you had been here, but I know that even now, God, you will give, God will give you whatever you ask Jesus. And, and Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And, and Martha was simply expressing a, a commonly held belief in, in, in Jewish theology of resurrection. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Martha, do you believe this? Do you believe this? And she says, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the son of God who has come into the world. So resurrection, yes, it is an event, but resurrection is also a person and his name is Jesus. And he is standing before uh, Martha that day, explaining to her that resurrection is so much more than just a doctrine or a theological belief, that it's a person. And and just as Jesus did here with Martha, uh, the resurrection and the life, he comes to each of us and he invites us to trust in him, and to believe in him, to be the resurrection and the life for whatever dead situation we are feeling, whether it's in our hearts or our spirits or our physical bodies, circumstances in our lives and relationship, Jesus invites us to come to him and to trust him in all situations, but particularly when things don't seem to be going the way that we think that they should as people who are followers of Christ. You ever been there? Ever been there? God, I'm trusting you. I'm following you. I'm, I'm trusting that you will do your word this way and this timetable. And then Jesus doesn't do that. I, it's, it's interesting. I was thinking about just 25 years ago, um, this, this season, uh, Mary Margaret and I uh, were, she was pregnant. I wasn't pregnant. She was pregnant. I and we, and it was uh, it was 25 years ago. We had been trying for several years to have children, and finally got pregnant at the beginning of 1997. We were celebrating that. We waited for a while to share with our church family. It was huge news that the church had been praying with us about, and uh, we shared it with them. I remember it was a Palm Sunday, and the very next week, Mary Margaret had started having complications in the pregnancy, and. It was like God. What's 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 going on here? What's what's happening here? We 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 shared the need with some friends, and they prayed, and we were praying. And I gotta tell you, I remember uh, our our first house on Day Road. Some people coming and praying with us, and feeling the presence of God in very powerful, strong ways, just surrounding us and undergirding us. And my sense was, God, you're with us, and you're gonna work this situation out, and out, and the baby's gonna be fine. And that didn't happen. You um, lost the baby. That was tough. It's like, God, why, why, why did you do that? Where were you? And then I got to thinking, you were with us. Your presence was so real and so strong, undergirding us, strengthening us, getting us through a, a, a really, really tough situation. And... I, I, I I'm so thankful that shortly after that, Mary Margaret got pregnant with our daughter, who is now 24, uh, and got accepted at uh, LSU and graduate school for doctor of nurse practitioner this week. God is good. Yeah. Congratulations, Lily. But we had another miscarriage after that and another conversation with God. And I'm just so thankful that God doesn't mind those where were you? Where were you, God? Where were you? He didn't condemn Martha. He didn't reject her. He didn't say, well, if you're going to be that way, I'm leaving. No. That's how we would respond, right? But thankfully, that is not the God that we serve, who loves us, who cares for us. And so I, w- I would say this, I, you know, as, as I think over that, Mary Margaret and I always wanted 5 kids and we've got 5 kids. We have two that we haven't met and haven't had a chance to hold. And in terms of resurrection life and eternal life, I look forward to that. That's part of that equation for me and I, and I don't understand. I don't I don't stand here to obviously it still affects me. It still affects us but I know that God is good. And I know that in all these situations, he has been with us. So I would say this, as you wait for whatever resurrection needs to look like in your life, run to Jesus, tell him your frustrations. He can handle it. He welcomes them. He wants you to draw near to him. Ask him why he didn't come sooner, why he allowed things to happen. And Sometimes we'll get answers, a lot of times we don't, and that's part of the idea of the mystery of our faith, the mystery of what we live in. So I love one of my favorite New Testament theologians is N.T. Wright, and he says this, With Jesus, the future promise of God's kingdom has burst into the present, the new creation, and with it, the resurrection has come forward from the end of time into the middle of time. We're in the middle. Martha, to some extent, was having her own experience of that sort of middle. Uh, What is happening right now in your middle, in the middle of your life, in this middle of time, in the spiritual spectrum? as we wait for the culmination of God's kingdom to come when when he welcomes us, uh, when he comes back for his bride, for his church. Just encourage you, in this story of Lazarus, we see that Jesus comes. He brings God's future into Martha's present situation. And he does the same thing into whatever our lives look like today, whatever joys they include, whatever messes they include. He wants to invade our hearts and our lives and our situations and our circumstances with his kingdom love, with his kingdom power, which is filled with joy and peace and where he comes and sets things right. So resurrection, it's an event, but it's also a person in Jesus Christ. And resurrection and life everlasting are meant to be present realities for all of those who are in Christ Jesus. It's not just for when... We die, or for when Jesus returns, He he wants us to experience this in the here and the now. In fact, resurrection and life everlasting uh, begin the moment that we say yes to Jesus, to God's gift of salvation given through Him and through Him alone. Um, And it's meant to change our lives. It's about turning away. That's what repentance is. We turn away from our our sinfulness and we turn toward Jesus. And and our lives are changed. Sometimes instantaneously uh, we we make changes and the Holy Spirit changes us. And there are other times where we see gradual changes happening. Uh, When I think of Easter, I also think of my my granddad uh, who went on to be with the Lord more than 20 years ago. Uh, his name was Ross Reese, yes, Reese is how the uh, maiden name my mother's maiden name. Some of you thought I bet he was named after Reese Witherspoon, yeah <laughs> Do the math, do the math anyway um but yeah my grand my granddad Ross Reese, he was a really short guy, but we called him Big Daddy because he had thirteen children, so anyway um But Big Daddy, every Easter, we'd have this big family gathering, 13 children. You got 30, I had 37 first cousins. And most of us lived in the Lincoln County area and high value for family time. So Easter, uh, we would all gather at my grandparents' house and they actually built this little side building to accommodate all the people for the big spread of food, you know, fried chicken and ham and deviled eggs, all the fixings and all those huge tables of desserts. And um, But before we could have the first chicken leg, you knew that Big Daddy was going to take his cane and hit on the doorpost of the, the, the outside community room, and he would give his testimony every year because he was saved on an Easter Sunday night. He uh, had some kids, he was a farmer, he was a a construction worker He built houses, and he ran moonshine. Yes, he did. (laughs) It's like some of you are saying, that doesn't surprise me, Reese, coming from your background. (laughs) Yeah, he he was a bootlegger. Uh, And so he decided on one particular Easter Sunday to go to church at night, not even Sunday morning, Sunday night. And God radically saved him turned his life around. And it just in huge ways, he fell passionately in love with the Lord. And and, and his family, uh, he, he led them in, in powerful ways. Every one of his children uh, had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And the majority of his grandchildren, uh, and many of his great-grandchildren as well. And this, this, this guy who grew up in a small town, didn't even finish high school, never really went many places. God gave him a heart for missions. And He found himself having a passion for raising money in his small community to build churches in India and Brazil and Central America. Uh, He ended up having a son who was a missionary in Brazil. And it's just so cool to see how this resurrection life just completely saturated this man's life and the ripple effects of it on generations. And I'm thankful that I stand here today Having experienced that, I had to make my own decision, but I'm so thankful for the influence that he had on my mother and even my father, Uh, and I'm so thankful for that. So resurrection and life everlasting, they're meant to be present realities, changes in our lives that occur because we say yes to God's love and receive his gift of salvation. Let's continue. Verse 32, when Mary reached the place where Jesus, where Mary, Jesus has been talking to Martha, now Mary reaches the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. The shortest verse in the Bible has a lot to say about who our God is. Jesus wept. Jesus, God the Son, he came to reveal God the Father to us. So when we read this passage, Jesus wept, what does uh, the weeping Son of God in this situation, what does that tell us about God the Father? What does that tell us about him? I encourage you to think about that in, in, in your own time. I would share this with you this morning. As, as I think about that, as I, as I consider that, I consider the fact that we have a Messiah, a God who empathizes with us right where we are in the stuff of our lives. Yes, the stuff that's been thrown on us by nothing that we had anything to do with, but also the stuff that we've created, the messes that we've created for our own hearts and lives. That both of those scenarios that we have a God who empathizes with us, our God cries with our crying world. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that, that here in this situation with Lazarus, Jesus, knowing the Father was telling him what was going on and when to do what and and, and knew what he was there to do, he knew he was going to raise him from the dead, but he didn't just sweep in and perform a miracle. He doesn't belittle Mary or Martha's pain and their, their struggles, and he doesn't belittle ours either. He doesn't dismiss them. He doesn't do that. Rather, the man of sorrows, acquainted with our grief and pain, he shares it and he bears it to the point of his own tears. And bear in mind, guys, he's doing this just days before his own death. He knows what lays ahead for him. He knows this. So, verse 38, Jesus once more deeply moved. He came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. And he says, take away the stone. But Lord, Martha said, the the sister of the dead man, by, by this time, there was a bad odor for he's been there for day, for four days. And Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? And so they took away the stone, and then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and his feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Resurrection is an instantaneous event, but it's also a process. It's a process that we can entrust, fully entrust, wholeheartedly entrust to the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you in that. When we receive Jesus When we receive the gift of salvation that God offers us through Jesus Christ alone. When we ask him to be the forgiver of our sins and invite the Holy Spirit to come in to lead our lives. Scripture tells us that we are new creations. Uh, All things become new. The old is gone and everything is new. Simultaneously, we are new. Jesus, God sees us like he sees Jesus. And because he's God, he also knows that we ain't Jesus. And there's work to do in cleaning us up and getting us to become more Christ-like. We're going to be actually beginning next week talking about fleshing out this thing of resurrection in a new series called Life and New Creation. And we're going to be looking week by week. Just once we receive the life that, that Christ came to give us, the gift of salvation, Allowing the Holy Spirit to do that ongoing work in us to make us more and more like Jesus. Lazarus, he was alive, but he was still wearing the grave clothes that he had been buried in, which were very restrictive. Uh, And it's interesting, I think, that Jesus, he says, Lazarus, come forth, come out, He speaks that miracle, but then he does this beautiful thing that I love, and I love seeing this as a pastor because it underscores the fact that our freedom in Christ comes through Jesus and through him alone, but he loves using his body, the church, to help take those grave clothes off, to set us free, to to allow freedom to be fully expressed in our hearts and in our lives. You know... He was wearing those grave clothes. And uh, I, I love the fact that we here at Vineyard Church, we, we, we see this community aspect of God. You are our healer, Jesus. You, you, you made it possible for us to experience healing the Holy Spirit. You come and you do that work in us. But he invites us. It's God's plan to incorporate and involve his body in this. And that's why small group ministry at Vineyard Church is so important, where we move from uh, this setting to smaller settings where we're able to to get to know each other more and to open up our hearts and our lives and and be very real about the challenges and the pain and the struggles that we go through without condemnation, without judgment, but with love and encouragement and God's truth and support and prayer. And I see that in, in Jesus inviting the crowd to come and take off the grave clothes. That's that's part of what we are to do as the body, as, as people grow in their relationship with Christ, as they come into new birth through Jesus Christ, that we are needed to be a part of that process, and we need each other in that process. We'll, we'll be talking about small groups more, our summer small groups coming up. I'd love for you to consider being one of those. Resurrection and life everlasting. They are events. Uh, they are he, they are embodied in the person of Jesus Christ. They are to be a present reality today for us. But they are also invitations, ongoing invitations that continue to be extended to each one of us. Lazarus came back from death into ordinary human life. For Lazarus, the process was reversed. He was dead. He was made alive again. But Not to be a downer, Uh, you know this already, Lazarus eventually got sick and he died again. Um, But this death, this second death for Lazarus would lead to eternal life because he was in Christ. Now let's contrast that with what we're celebrating today, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That was completely a different story because while Lazarus came back from death, Jesus went through death. He went completely through it. He plowed it over, defeating death, hell, and the grave for all of us, for every single one of us, providing everlasting life for everyone who will believe. With Jesus' resurrection, a new order of life was inaugurated, and it's one that God invites all of us into today and every day This is our hope, eternal life in Jesus Christ It begins the very moment we say yes, the very moment we say yes to Jesus. If you're here this morning, if you're watching and joining us online and you haven't yet received the free gift of God's love given through Jesus Christ, you can do that today. It's not about getting your act together, cleaning up yourself and spiritually and morally and ethically and all that. And then maybe God will take you. No, he meets us right where we are and our brokenness and our sin. And he, he doesn't just greet us. He welcomes us. He lavishes love on us. He embraces us and he invites us to come and to receive his love and not just receive it, live in it. Every day, his resurrection life, his resurrection love. All of this was because God loves us. This was all love, all love. This is our hope, eternal life in Jesus Christ. If you haven't received Christ, I'd love to lead you in that prayer, both online and here in our congregation this morning, right where you're seated, or maybe you're sitting at home watching us on your sofa or out at a park, wherever you are. And I just, I'd just i love to pray with you this morning. So I invite everyone to bow your heads. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence with us this morning. Thank you for your amazing love. God, where would we be without your love? We would be lost. We would be dead. But we thank you, Jesus, that you are the resurrection and the life. We thank you for that reality. We thank you that you invite us all to come to you to receive your grace and your mercy. Lord, we come this morning, and if this is your heart, if you, if you want to receive Christ this morning and receive the gift of salvation given through Jesus Christ, God's word is very clear, that we need to confess our sins and to put our trust in God and welcome him to come in and to, to lead our lives. And, and uh. I'm going to lead you in in just a simple prayer that expresses that this morning. And if, if it jives with what God's doing in your life, I just invite you to pray along with me. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross to pay my debt of sin. God, I thank you for doing that. Jesus, I thank you for restoring my relationship to the Father. I receive your gift of love right now. I repent of my sins. I turn away from my sins and I turn to you, Jesus. And I put my trust, my hope, my faith in you. You are the son of God. Come and take your rightful place in my heart and in my life. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come and fill me, come and set me free, come and make me more and more like Jesus, a person who is truly loving and giving. Restore me, live in me, live through me. I thank you. I thank you for your gift of love that I receive in faith this day. In Jesus' name, and if you just continue to keep your your heads bowed, if you prayed to receive Christ this morning, maybe you prayed that prayer for a first time, or maybe uh, you have been away from the Lord for a long time, and you've decided today to come back to him and to recommit your life to Christ right where you're seated, would you just raise your hand? I'd love to know uh, any ones that are here with us this morning that might have done that. Awesome. Praise God. And I want to encourage you, this is new birth. This is like a baby being born. You need to be cared for. You need to be nurtured. And we want to pray for you this morning. We want to encourage you and help you grow as a follower of Jesus. I want to invite you to stand this morning. Let's stand together. And as we conclude this message series, I invite you to join me. In declaring, if you want to, we invite you to, to, to join with us in expressing this ancient creed, the Apostles' Creed. Again, it's, uh, it, it hits the high points of, of our faith in Christ and our Christian faith, and it's going to be there on the screen, and we invite you to, to, to join this together, uh, reading this together if you would like to. Let's begin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth.